Hey, everybody. Um, welcome to another episode of I Know Some Shit. And I'm first going to start by apologizing that it has been so long in between episodes. And today is literally like the worst day for me to do an episode because it's the day after Halloween. And as you could tell, my voice um, is a little hoarse from all the talking last night. But we had a great time and took my grandson out trick-or-treating and was with the family. And it was a really beautiful, beautiful day and um, a little hot for me for Halloween, like just a little like, I don't need Halloween to be 90 degrees. Um, I guess I shouldn't complain because some people are already getting snow, but I don't know if you can hear that car alarm in the background, but I have my windows open because it's beautiful today too. And um, yeah, I want to apologize because it has been a minute since I've done an episode. And what happened was I had a guest booked And then she was in London and because of the time change and everything, she had a little bit of jet lag. And so we postponed the episode and then we just never got to it. And I was really excited about that episode. So I didn't really feel like I wanted to do a different topic because I wanted to kind of wait for her. Um, But then she's doing a play out here. And anyway, blah, blah, blah. It just got postponed way too long. And then I did an episode on... um, I guess it was like a week ago, but I told my husband, who's my editor, shout out to my husband who does all the, all I do is talk, y'all. He does everything else. Um, So shout out to him for all his hard work. Um, But anyway, he, I told him that I had accidentally pressed the button and let my grandson get on the podcast equipment and talk, which was super cute. But then I forgot to turn it off. And so like the, the, I'm going to say tape, but obviously it's not tape. Whatever it is, the podcast thing ran for like two hours. So I told my husband, please delete that. That's actually not a two-hour podcast episode. It's just our grandson talking a couple of words in the beginning and then just whatever else happened in my house for two hours, um, which is frightening. But anyway... But what I didn't tell him was that after that, I did do a podcast. It wasn't very long because honestly, my dog started barking. Someone had knocked on my door to see if like their UPS package had gotten delivered to me. Um, And I was like, is it a Fendi bag? Uh, No, I didn't get it. Um, But no, I didn't get any packages. But anyway, it it broke up the the flow. And uh, after that, I just couldn't get back into it. So... Blah, blah, blah. The whole episode today is going to be about um, listening to your friend's advice when you when you like somebody or you're dating somebody. Because this came up recently. A friend of mine likes somebody and it's pretty clear it's not reciprocal. It's pretty clear he's into somebody else. But she had asked her best friend for some advice on, not advice, but she asked her best friend to like give her her opinion on like what was happening. And so I started to think about this concept about like asking our friends and I've done it. I've been on the end where I was the one that liked somebody and was asking my friends, my really good friends, like, you know, for their input. And then I've also been on the end where my friend is really into somebody and she's asking me for her input. And I think we can all agree. I mean, I'm a pretty direct, honest person, but for the most part, no one wants to hurt anybody's feelings. And your friend, whoever it is, is very vulnerable, you know, when they like somebody. And even like the strongest, most badass bitch, you know, will crumble around a boy um, or a girl, whatever. 
on someone they like. So I think it's just hard to be honest with someone and be like, girl, girl, come on. Like, he, <laughs> it's clear he doesn't like you. What are you talking about? Are you insane? But they are insane, right? It's all that there is science about this. Like, I don't know if it's the oxytocin or what I almost said oxycodone, but that's a drug. But this is this is kind of like a drug. Something goes off in our brain, right? When we love somebody where we just like, um, we lose our mind a little bit. Like that's totally normal and part of falling in love with somebody. Um, because if anybody thought about it all logically, who would do it? Guys or girls, you'd be like, this is ridiculous. I'm not doing this. But our brains get kind of hijacked by this love hormone. So we are a little insane. And it's hard to be honest with your friend. So I don't think we should always listen um, to their input unless we preface it by saying, listen, I know you don't want to hurt my feelings, but I really need to know, like, am I crazy? Am I insane? Or does he actually like like me, you know? Um, but I think what's what what's really helpful is almost like if we just look at it objectively, like just write down the information. I think writing is a great tool when it comes to dating or getting clarity. Because if we were going to build a case, like if you were a lawyer and you had to build a case for and against, like why he's into me or why he's not into me, and we just wrote down evidence, not thoughts, not feelings, not, you know, fantasy, but just facts, okay? Um, He slept with me, all right? For a lot of girls, that is proof that he likes you. It's not. Hear me when I say this. It's not proof that he likes you. It's proof that he wanted to sleep with you. He liked you enough to sleep with you. But that is the end of that sentence, right? It does not mean anything. It it potentially could mean something. Yeah, it could mean like, yeah, he slept with you. He's really into you. He likes you. But... I guess what I'm saying is that that is not enough evidence for us to say he likes you, right? Because if he sleeps with you and then like the next day calls you, sends you flowers, sets up another date, verbalizes like, hey, I see this going somewhere. If none of those things are present, it doesn't mean anything. And I think we have to be honest about why we're sleeping with people, right? If you're sleeping with someone because you think, if I sleep with them, this is going to blah, blah, blah. Or I like them enough. I really want to be in a relationship with them. So I'm going to sleep with them. And then this is going to blah, blah, blah. If there's any fill in the blanks, don't do it. Because the only reason I think when you're not in a relationship, let's say this, the only reason when you're not in a relationship to sleep with someone is because you want to sleep with them, right? Have sex with somebody because you want to have sex with them, period, end of end of topic and let it end there don't don't build a story don't build a story on it and don't build a story of your future together based on what happened when you slept together because i mean i hate to say this but it's like when i hear girls say like oh like he said this thing to me when we were sleeping i'm like it, you're in a different room. Like you're in a different, like that's something different. You know, if he's stone cold sober sitting across from you having coffee saying like, uh, you're the love of my life. That's a different story. But I mean, I think they call it pillow talk for a reason, right? It's, I, I wouldn't take it seriously. And the other thing is like, 
in my experience, and I keep saying I'm going to have on guys to talk about this, and I promise you, I promise you I will. I have family coming to town on Saturday, but so I probably won't get to it next week, but I, I promise you there will be an episode with a man talking about this. I think that when a guy likes you, it's really evident. There's no like, you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to try to figure it out. They follow you. They they chase you. They pursue you. They say things like, I want to see you again. You know, um, I want to be in a relationship with you. I want to be exclusive. If you don't hear those words, then I don't think, I don't think it's healthy to read too much into it. And so it's almost like I, I've seen girls set themselves up and I've I've been this girl. Not in a long time because I've been married a long time, but I've been this girl where you set yourself up to get hurt. You know, I think if you're the kind of person that falls hard and fast, you have to be really careful about who you get involved with, who you fall for. Because if you know that about yourself, okay, I have somebody that falls really hard and really fast, just don't give it away to everybody. Just don't give it away to anybody. Like just really be particular, kind of get those, those like get things in place before you sleep with someone. If you know that about yourself, you know, um, because it's, I don't know. I, I, I see a lot of people think, oh yeah, I'm going to sleep with them. It's going to be fine. I don't care. Like I'm just going to be able to, but if you like somebody, listen, if you like somebody and then you sleep with them and it's bad, then it's easier to move on. But if you like somebody and you sleep with them and it's really good, then it's really hard to move on if they're not there. So that's where I think a lot of like pre-question, like pre-interview questions are important. I think that's what that coffee is kind of about, you know? Like my advice would be like, get some backstory, you know? Because history tends to repeat itself, right? If you meet a guy and he's like, yeah, I was with this girl and it didn't work out. I was with this other girl and it didn't work out. You want to get like, okay, why? Like what, what was going on? And if you hear things like, well, she wanted it to be more serious or she wanted a commitment and I couldn't give that to her. I mean, to me, these are all red flags if you're looking for a relationship, you know? Um, you know, there's that term fuck boy. And I think, you know, listen, I I would say there's a fuck boy out there that could be marriage material. I don't think just because you're a fuck boy, you're not marriage material. But I think fuck boy speaks to um, just kind of a stage in life. And you have to know where that is because to turn a fuck boy into a husband is uh, that's a big leap. I will say I've done it, but um, <laughs> I think I've done it, but um, but it's a big leap. And I think... It's challenging. And ultimately, it doesn't work out long term. You know, even if you get somebody who's not interested in being in a commitment, like I literally had an ex boyfriend say to me, I'm not looking for anything serious. I'm just, I'm not ready to be in a relationship right now. And I was like, cool, me too. And in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm going to change your mind. You don't know how much you're going to fall for me and how much you're going to want to be in a relationship with me. And I did all that work, like I did all that. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. When you like somebody, you're like, you're working overtime. And I did work overtime and I did get him to ultimately fall head over heels in love with me, say he'd never been in love the way he was in love with me, move in with me. And we like played house. And what happened was 
this is really, really interesting, especially as I reflect on it. What happened was I was so interested in getting him to fall for me and to play that. I mean, it was a, listen, I loved him. So what I don't want to say it was like a straight up game. I wasn't just playing a game. I really did love him. Um, I fell for him. Um, but I didn't have enough information so that when we actually were playing house and living together, like I woke up one day and I was like, I'm so bored. I'm bored with him. He wasn't, I hate to say someone wasn't enough for me because that sounds like, oh, you're not enough for me. And like, everyone's enough, you know, like people like you are all enough. Like, I don't want to make it sound like that, but I want to say this. It wasn't a match for me. There wasn't enough mental stimulation. You know, he was really hot. I liked us. I liked how we walked through the world together. You know, how we showed up at stuff. We were like, it was in that period of my life when, you know, I think there's a stage in your life when looks are really important, you know, and you, you want to be with somebody who looks really good and you want to look really good. And you kind of like, you kind of like walk in like that power couple to events looking really hot and he was a good dresser and whatever. It was a moment. But that wasn't enough, you know, because you're really not out all the time. You know, we went out a lot. Him and I were very social. Um, At that time, I was sharing custody of my daughter with my ex-husband. So we would switch every other weekend. So pretty much every weekend that we didn't have my daughter, we were out. And when when we did have my daughter, like we were still out, but we were doing like family stuff. And I also had like... I don't know if I'm making myself sound so shallow right now, but I'm just being honest. I had, um, I just really liked being that we were very fit. We worked out at the gym like every day together. We had like, you know, bodies were like on point, you know, the whole thing. And so even going to events like family events or like school events with my daughter, it was a little bit like, oh yeah, you know, people are looking at us. People are like, wow, you guys are in such great shape, you know, um, I had my daughter at like 31. So at this point I was like, I think, I think I was like approaching 40. He was 10 years younger than me. So he was like 30. I was 40, but we looked, we looked really good. And so there was, there was some sort of like pride in the way that we looked and the way that we walked through the world. But even with all those events and everything, you're still more home alone with somebody. And so it was kind of a shallow relationship in that sense where it was like, I was in it for the physicality of it. And I was in it. I think there was a little part of me. I'm very competitive. There's a little part of me of like, I won him kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, and a lot of girls were after him. There was a lot of that, you know, and I felt like, oh, I was being chosen. And then I just did a fuck ton of therapy on myself from that relationship on. And I learned a lot of things like, oh, I'm trying to get you to choose me because my father didn't choose my mom. And I felt like we were, you know, rejected. And I, so as a woman, I feel like if you chose me, then I was special and blah, 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 blah. Um, anyway, a lot of therapy cured me of all that. And, um, I learned to be like my own cheerleader and show up for myself and not need a man to validate me. And anyway, you know, thousands of dollars later, um, I look back on their relationship and I can analyze it appropriately, you know, and even my therapist at the time was like, hmm, she had a like, hmm, what is this relationship you're in right now, you know? And she said something to me that was really poignant. She said, you tend to pick men that are not fully formed. And I was like, what does that mean? And then we really got into it and it was like, they're not ready 
for me yet. You know what I mean? I, I, I was picking men that were way younger than me and not just younger than me in age. Cause I, I think age is a number. I don't think it matters how old you are. I think it's like life that you lived. He hadn't really lived a life. You know, he came from parents who were, um, you know, not, they didn't grow up wealthy, but his mom became very wealthy. And so she was like, you know, helping him pay his bills. He was chasing his acting career. Um, you know, he was a little bit in fantasy land and he hadn't really lived a life yet, you know, hadn't gone through shit. And I had already raised two sons and was raising a daughter, you know, alone at that point. I mean, I had an ex-husband, but my daughter was pretty much, you know, with me, you know, during the week, taking her to school, you know, dealing with all that that comes with, you know, having a child. I was struggling financially. So there was always like just that and my jobs and whatever. And I was also pursuing an acting career and there was a lot going on. And he wasn't a man. I didn't pick a man who could help me with this stuff. I picked, you know, whatever. I totally forgot where I was going with that. But I think my point in saying all that was, yes, oh, I know what it was. Yes, I did get somebody who was like, whatever, not really into a relationship, into a relationship. But then when I calmed down and kind of like, had him, okay, to say like, okay, he was in, he was like in this relationship with me, it wasn't enough for me. I wasn't stimulated mentally. I was, honestly, I was bored. And I found myself, I'm not a cheater. Like that's really not my thing. I think because my dad cheated on my mom and I saw what it did to my mother. I just am always afraid to repeat that family dynamic. So I was never a cheater, but I found myself getting into conversations with people at work and being like, wow, like that was a great conversation. And then like trying to go home and talk to my boyfriend at the time about the same topic and just being like, oh, fuck, this is no, like, no. Uh, And then realizing like, you know, I think as you mature and you start to do work on yourself, you're like, oh, okay. So the, how we look on the outside is a really small aspect of what I want in a relationship. I think you start to look at your life like down the road, you know, okay, if I married this guy and we, you know, we wound up like growing old together, you know, looks are going to fade, you know, like no matter how well you take care of yourself, like I always say, there's nobody like, oh my God, did you see that seven-year-old grandma? Like she was so fucking hot. Like it's just not. And I think for me, this is my own personal thing, like I'm not... I don't want to try to be like that at 70. Like I want to look good. I want to be healthy. That is like, I believe health is the wealth, like, or health is wealth. Like I want to feel good. I want to be able to get down on the floor, play with my grandkids, go for a walk, walk Disneyland. Like I want all that in my 70s and 80s and beyond. But I'm not going to be like, oh, let me get in these like tight little pair of jeans. So like I get somebody to look at me like that's, ew, I think that's just ew for me. I mean, there are some people that do it. So looks fade. So it's like, okay, so what do you have when you get older? It's like you have two things, I think. You have, well, no, I think you have three things. You have memories with that person, right? You can reflect back and go, my God, do you remember when the kids were little and they did this thing? That's super cute. And then I also think you have conversation, like just two old people sitting on a porch, just drinking coffee and or whatever, and just like talking. And, and how you see this, how I see this, 
whether it's, you know, what's ever happening in the world or just like something our kids did or our grandkids did or, you know, whatever. Um, I think that's what you have. And then I think the third thing that you have, um, I came up with three and now I'm like, man, what was the third one? Memories, conversations. (sighs) Oh, fun. That was it. Can you have fun together? Like, you know, like, does he make you laugh? Does she make you laugh? Do you, can you be like whatever together? Like that sense of humor, you know, where you can just like go have fun and, and fun doesn't have to be humor. It can be like, oh, we both like to jet ski or we both love to like go to Disneyland or, you know, that's sort of like our thing or we collect Christmas shit. We like to decorate the house. Like you have to have your sort of vibey thing that you do. You know, we dress up the dogs cute or whatever it is, you know, have to have like your little thing. So those three things. And looks are not a part of that, you know? I mean, yeah, I think it's important to be still attracted to the person, but I think it becomes less about external and more about internal. So anyway, I kind of went off on a tangent with that, but my point in all of it was, you know, you can convince somebody to kind of be with you, but I think when you do that and you don't really know them, or if you're using sex to kind of hook them in, um, once they get hooked in, you may not even want to be with this person. And that's why I love the show Love is Blind. I do think like it is important to have that mental stimulation. I do think at the end of the day, love is not blind. And if you're not physically attracted to that person, I don't think it's strong enough. You have to have some sort of a physical attraction. But I do think it's important to build that before you get to the physical attraction. So the point of all of that was to say that, you know, just just pump the brakes a little bit. Even if you do sleep with them early, just pump the brakes on like having this be the guy, the one. Because what happens is it's almost like looking for a job, right? It's like we approach dating like, okay, we, and, and I don't know, I'm not going to speak for men. I'm not even going to speak for women, but I'm just the women that I am friends with tend to say, I really want to be married or I really want to be in a relationship this year. I really want a steady boyfriend. And then it's almost like a job interview, right? We go on the first job interview and they're like, that's it. This is the job I'm going to be in forever. And it's like, oh, great. Well, what's the job? I don't even, I don't know. Okay. Well, how far is the commute? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Well, what are the health benefits? I don't know if they have any. Okay. Well, do you get vacation? Not sure. Well, how do you know you're in? Well, I'm in because I was looking for a job and uh, I have a job now. I'm like, okay. So I think it's the same with guys and relationships and girls too, whatever. It's just like you need more information. It takes time to get that information because I always say like I can't, there's a a term, I can't hear what you're saying because your actions are speaking too loudly. So on those first couple of dates, On those first couple of dates, it's all about you're telling the person, I think on some level, what you want them to hear or your good side. But then as time goes on, you can kind of see how they show up for you and what works for you. Like that's what you have to know, right? Like I'm somebody who I'm big on communication. One of the, one of the reasons I really, um, moved forward with my husband now quickly was because man, if I texted him, he got back to me. It was very rare that I didn't hear from him. You know, he was a big communicator, probably even more so than me. So 
it was like, I didn't have to wonder. There was no like question mark. If I was like, hey, what are your plans tonight? Or hey, do you want to do something? He'd let me know. And I like that because I tend to be a little, I, in the beginning, can have an anxious attachment. Again, shout out to therapy. I didn't know any of this shit. But in the beginning, I have an anxious attachment, um, whatever you call it, um, style. I have an anxious attachment style, which is in the beginning, I I don't know. I just, I, I need to know, like, are we on the same page? You know, again, too, childhood trauma, like, you know, you know, daddy not showing up. There were many days I sat on the porch waiting for my father to come pick us up on the weekends. He never showed up. So I'm just like, are you coming? Or are you not coming? Are you coming? Or are you not coming? I need to know. Um, some people who grew up in like really secure, healthy families, maybe they don't need that. They're just like, well, if he comes, he comes, he doesn't, he doesn't. I don't have that. So that really worked for me. So I guess this whole episode is really about go to fucking therapy. Just go to therapy, get a good therapist because when you really understand yourself, then you know what you need, you know? And I don't need that now. I don't have anxious attachment now. Like I don't, you know, my husband's pretty, He's pretty steady Eddie. He's pretty um, reliable. Like he's, I don't know what the word is. It's just like my husband does the exact same stuff. My husband eats oatmeal for breakfast every single morning. If I woke up one morning and he was making pancakes, I wouldn't know. I'd be like, what's wrong? Something's wrong. He eats the same breakfast every morning. He gets off of work at 4.30. He's home at five o'clock. If he's not home at five o'clock, I'm like, he's dead. Something happened. Because he's, and if he's not going to be home at five, he'll call me. He'll text me. Like we talk and text and call throughout the day. So we're pretty much up on what's happening. So those kinds of things, it's like you just kind of know how somebody is. So you have to know like what works for you, what you want, and then get that in that person, you know? And with regards to your friends, I think if you preface it with like, listen, I mean, I hope you want to hear the truth. I mean, I guess I'm just making the assumption that we want to know the truth. If you don't want to know the truth, then I think you really got to do some self-examination. But I always want the truth. And I think most people do. So I would, if you want to get input from your friends, just say, listen, I know what you're, what you could say to me right now would hurt my feelings possibly, but I want to give you permission to just be brutally honest with me. I really like this guy and you've been around us or you know him or you, whatever the thing, or you've heard the stories from me. What's your take? Can you just be like, be really honest with me because I am lost. You know, my brain has been hijacked by illusion and fantasy and what I hope this guy will be. And I want the truth. And then let your friends or family, whatever it is, give you some input, you know? Um, I say that to my therapist sometimes. I'm like, listen, shoot it straight to me. Like, just give me the information. Tell me the deal. I, I don't, am I missing something here? You know, I'm also in recovery. So I'll say that to my sponsor too. Like, don't sugarcoat it. What am I missing? And my sponsor very rarely sugarcoats. I don't want to say she doesn't sugarcoat stuff. She says everything really nice. What do they say? Like, say what you mean, but don't say it mean. Um, she she says things to me in a nice way, um, but she will tell me the truth. And she will tell me when I'm being a certain way or I need to look at myself, you know? And I always say this, probably have said it in every episode, a relationship doesn't fix anything. And I say this with all the love in the world. If you're feeling broken or you're feeling troubled, you know, 
get into therapy, get into a support group, get some help around that because a relationship doesn't fix anything. And if you're insecure and neurotic, getting in a relationship will just make you being neurotic and insecure. It will, it will go into being crazy. You'll be completely insane because all it's going to do is illuminate all those areas of yourself, you know? So work on yourself and deal with whatever those things are that come up in relationships. Because as much as I say, like when you go on a first date and you're listening to his story about other women or whatever the the scenario is, that's his history. Well, guess what, Bo? You have your history too, you know? And you need to look at your history, right? Like I could tell you my history. I don't think I fixed it. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I fixed a lot of things in my history, but I'm clear on what they are, you know? And I think that's why I can give input now because I've lived through a lot of this stuff, you know, and I see relationships on all, all different people in my family. I see the relationships. And I think the thing that's most comforting is that knowing like in my marriage, I don't get everything I want. I, he's not capable of giving me everything I want. Is anybody? I don't know. But as long as what you're getting is enough for you, then I think the relationship works. And if you're not getting what you need in the relationship or enough, then you move on. But my husband is not a great conversationalist. We are not going to have those long, deep conversations. But I have people I have them with. I have those people in my life. Um, So it's like finding what your partner can provide for you and what you can provide for your partner But I think look at your timeline, look at your history, look at the pitfalls. What do I always fall into? Oh, I always fall for musicians who don't have a job and have mommy issues. Great. Well, why? I think that's the next question is not just like, okay, well, I mean, not date a musician who has mommy issues and, you know, doesn't have a job. Um, I think it's like, why do I look for that? You know, it's like, oh, well, I work this really boring job And I think dating a musician makes me look cooler, makes me look, you know, more badass. Okay, well, maybe what you need to work on in your life is not dating a musician so you feel badass. Maybe it's doing something in your life that will make you feel badass, you know? Maybe you need to go take a class or change a job or, you know, get a new haircut or, I don't know, whatever, do something that scares you or go on a trip or jump out of a plane. I mean, it's not my vibe. I'm not jumping out of a plane unless the plane's on fire. I have no desire. My husband's jumped out of a plane. I'm like, fantastic. He's like, I may want to do it again. I'm like, take out life insurance. I will not, I, I will be watching from the ground. I have no interest. Um, but some people do, you know, but whatever your thing is, it's going to be it for yourself. I think that's the thing. I think anytime we're looking outside of ourselves, and this is what happens in relationships, we look outside ourselves to fill something that possibly we could fill for ourselves because a relationship doesn't really give you those things, you know? Anyway, I don't know if any of that was helpful, but I think my ultimate reason in doing this podcast was I wanted to just address the you know, I like this guy and he hasn't called me. He slept with me once. He's not returning any of my text messages. And he told me once, I don't want to be with you. But my girlfriend says she really thinks he still likes me. Why is she saying that? Like, just go to her and be like, boo, are you being honest with me? What makes you say that? But we just hear it and go, yeah, she's probably right. It's like, don't get people to co-sign your bullshit. 
Like, recognize what your bullshit is. Like, the writing on the wall, the writing is on the wall. It's very clear. He's not that into you, which was a great book. If you haven't read it, read it. I think it's funny as fuck. Like, it's just like, (laughs) it's really clear, right? But we want to be in the fantasy. But I always tell somebody, like, the problem with being with the wrong person is that it prevents you from being with the right person. So don't just clutter up your life with chasing somebody who is not the person and who doesn't even want to be with you. You know, be alone so that you can actually be available. Your brain can be available. Your mind, your heart, your spirit can be available to meeting the right person who's going to actually be a, a good partner for you and maybe fulfill the things that you're looking for. So anyway, I hope that was helpful. If you have any questions, I'm going to start a little uh, whatever hotline where you can call in with your questions. Uh, I'll play your question on on the show and then I will answer it because I think I really want to just do whatever I can to be helpful. And I'm just like, I'm spitballing. I'm just coming up with things off the top of my head that I think will help. But if you have like specific questions, um, we'll address them and I will have that guest on and I will have a man on. I promise. Um, but I hope everybody has a great week. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this, please give it a five-star rating. Um, please subscribe to my channel if you haven't already. And really, really, really what I hope is that you share it. Just share it with a friend. Like if you're like, oh my God, this is my friend, you know, Karen, um, let's share it with her. And, you know, it's also like, I think that's another good thing. Like call up and ask a question and then I'll answer it. And then you can send it to the friend that you wish you could say it to, but you can't. Like she's driving me crazy about this guy, you know. I'll send her this podcast so that she'll get it. It's uh, what's that thing? My my daughter used to do it in high school. It's called subtweeting. Like you would tweet on Twitter when Twitter was Twitter. You would tweet something that you like wanted to say to somebody, but you couldn't say to them, so you would just tweet it. Thought it was brilliant. Subtweet. So we could like sub podcast somebody. Um, all right. Thanks you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great day. Bye.